something to say. Hi everybody, welcome to Project Shadow, episode number 615. My avatar is in blue, unless they're sad or a waterbender. Hi, I'm Charlie. I'm a sci-fi fantasy writer. You can find out more about me at projectshadow.com or ashdancer.com if you want my like latest stories and stuff, because I'm writing over there and doing stuff. Today's episode was inspired by... Um, me not being as clear as I should have been, and a wonderful um, comment by the Flapton. Yeah, I messed up. I'm sorry. Here we go. Let's uh, listen to what she had to say, and then I will grovel in my apologies and explain. Really? That's what Avatar was about? Um, wrong I Avatar. It was about corporate greed and You're right. how they would stop it. No, that stop at anything in order to get more money from you're absolutely right peoples and expecting that they would overcome them but mm-hmm. it shows you what i know no you know isn't that you funny know how we could look at one thing and see it in two different ways that's but true isn't that the joy of sharing because when we share these things we know that we're caring about each other and the sharing allows us to expand our minds yes Hey, that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And unfortunately, I confused you, and I'm a bad person. No, I'm not really a bad person, but I made a mistake. Well, I didn't make a mistake. Okay. There are two things called Avatar in the world. There's probably more, like a lot more, because I know when I was a child back in the 80s, the first novel I actually started writing was called Avatar. <laughs> It was. I, I had recently encountered that term and fell in love with it. And actually, though I wrote four novels, five novels technically, but four that survive, that before I wrote Liquid Sky, the themes from that book, my book Avatar, actually made it all the way to Liquid Sky, which doesn't say much because that's, you know, anyway, that's a topic for a completely different day. So fandom is a funny thing, and it's one of those things that we forget that other things exist, and I try to be clear, and I am, I am terrible at this. Okay, so there was a James Cameron movie called Avatar, which is about blue cat people doing Dune-like things with this in the rainforest, and that's how it's different. It's not Dune. Moadib isn't running around with the Fremen in the desert, our hero is running around with blue cat people in the forest. And pretty much everything is the same. I mean, Spice becomes the Unobtainium, and you have the evil Baron Harkonnen who becomes the company, even though, you know, they throw out the whole mythos of how he came to be and everything. And Sigourney Weaver is a Bene Gesserit and everything that she plays, so the Bene Gesserit are there, and if you don't believe me, just watch her hands. She's always talking in secret Bene Gesserit code. And if you don't get that, you haven't read the Dune books, and I'm sorry, they might not be your bag of tea, but oh, they're so good. 
I love them so much, and they've never been adapted well to anything other than audiobook because reasons. There actually is a really good full cast audiobook version of the the first Dune book that is surprisingly unabridged and does a fairly good job, though some of the actors do go um, a little overboard. But anyway, yeah, there is a movie by James Cameron called Avatar that will eventually be getting five sequels or so he keeps saying, and I will believe it when they actually happen, and is getting a theme park at one of the Disneylands, I think. Pretty sure. Anywho, and it is called Avatar, and a lot of people get confused. But before there was James Cameron's Avatar, there was Avatar The Last Airbender, which was a series that ran on Nickelodeon. And because it was called Avatar The Last Airbender, which is actually helpful because then you have Avatar The Legend of Korra, which is the sequel series. I, I, I by the time Avatar came out, was very used to calling it just calling the other series Avatar. And now there are two Avatars, and it, it gets very confusing. So yes, uh, the James Cameron and Avatar, you're very correct about what it's about. I, I, I'm referring to The Last Airbender, which I don't like calling it that, and saying Avatar The Last Airbender is a mouthful, because I like to say the original series <laughs> title, and I don't like saying just The Last Airbender, because then people think of the really crappy M. Night Shyamalan thing that we can we'll probably talk about a little bit in this episode but yeah you're not wrong (laughs) i i just wasn't as clear as i could have been in explaining that so this is actually makes me very happy that this miscommunication occurred and this is why i always say don't be afraid to speak out even if there's a misunderstanding because great things can come of it I have been debating for a long time about what series I wanted to do a deep dive into, a weekly deep dive, and really dig into the meat of it. And Avatar, The Last Airbender, was high on my list for a show that I would do this for, because there's so much lore and there's so much to talk about and so many wonderful things. And it would be a wonderful challenge because Hello Future Me, which is a YouTube channel that if you don't follow, you really should follow. It's amazing. But Hello Future Me has done quite a few episodes on Avatar. And so it becomes a fun series to try to talk about because I don't want to duplicate any of his topics because he did them very, very well. So um, if you want kind of a crash course, you may want to head over to YouTube and check out Hello Future Me. Or better still, just watch Avatar, the last airbender, the original animated series. The episodes are really short. They're so much fun. It's one of the best animated series ever made. And I would go so far as to say one of the best TV series ever made. One of the best stories. Like, the world building is really good. The characters are solid. The plot is phenomenal. The themes will tear your heart out. It's an amazing show. So, thank you for misunderstanding my stupid, stupid going back and forth between Avatar and Avatar, which I did. Because... You know, when I think Avatar, I see Aang. I, I don't see the blue cat guy. Sorry. I, I like the Avatar movie. I actually bought it twice because I have the original and I have the extended edition. 
And I do watch it from time to time, but... Oh, Aang, you are one of my spirit animals. And honestly, I am Zuko. But, yeah. Okay, so, we're going to start talking about this. And I wanted to start our conversation about this wonderful series by talking about the horrible, horrible movie that you may remember. See, M. Night Shyamalan, a while back, was hired for some reason that I do not understand to do a film adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender because his film came out, I believe, after the James Cameron Avatar. They shortened the name simply to The Last Airbender, which I kind of have a problem with because when you're breaking up the three books of the original series into films, you're going to be doing at least a trilogy, and I guess they would have been called The Last Airbender, The Last Airbender and the Earth Kingdom, and The Last Airbender and the Fire Nation or something like that, because, yeah, um, I, I don't know what they would have, how they would have done that, because, you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender was the name of the series, the book, first book one is, uh, see, it's water, earth, and then fire. So those are the names of the seasons because it's actually written like a series of three books. And that is part of what it makes it makes it amazing. Now, if you remember this horrible travesty of a thing that occurred that should not have been, please wipe it from your memory. For some reason, beyond my understanding, they decided to swap the races of every character in the setting. So where Zuko and the Fire Lord and Iroh are depicted as extremely light-skinned, and we can argue what Earth ethnicity they relate to while dealing with a foreign other world... Um, we can debate that a lot, but the one thing that we can very clearly say is they they were not Southeast Asians. They, they weren't from Thailand or Burma or India, and I believe most of the actors who played characters were from India and Pakistan in the movie, which is kind of traumatic in a way because all of the villains who were very clearly depicted as white, turned brown in the movie. And Sokka and Katara, who are from a the Southern Water Tribe, which is very much related to the Inuit in the style of dress and the Eskimo and all of that, and are clearly depicted as having dark skin, brownish skin, they were made white. Now, Aang, you could kind of do whatever you wanted to with him because Aang had darker skin than Katara and Sokka. He had much lighter skin than them. And he didn't look like a member of the Fire Nation. And many of the air nomads that we met did look much more Chinese-Japanese in appearance. All of this is a moot point in that you really could have cast anybody to play any of these characters 
but the vi- the visuals were jarring that you took our two brown heroes, darker skinned heroes, made them, I mean, lily white. Like the guy they got to play Sokka, you could hold him up to a newspaper and read the newspaper through it. I mean, he's he's very pale, very pale white. And the people that they got to play the Fire Nation were to a T, like I said, I believe all of the actors were from India or Pakistan. That visually says something, especially about a series like Avatar The Last Airbender, where race, while very hard to bring into a world this way, because as we meet people from the Water Tribe and the Fire Nation and the Earth Kingdom, and even in the flashbacks of the Air Nomads, we actually see a variety of peoples that could be correlated to almost any ethnicity here on Earth. This is one of the more interesting things that Avatar The Last Airbender did in its world building is that the nations, the Fire the Fire Nation, the Earth Kingdom, the Air Nomads, and the Water Tribes, they were based off of geography, not ethnicity. So when you actually look at somebody, a character like Boomy, and someone like the Earth King or Earth Queen that we meet in various incarnations of the series... They could be interpreted as various Earth ethnicities that we would see as strange to be part of one nation if it wasn't a nation like the United States. And because this was a story that came out of the United States, this multiculturalism that occurred in each nation really kept you from overly racializing the nations. So... Each nation wasn't all this, that, or the other. Okay? Now, having said that, when you actually watch the movie, they do the exact opposite thing. They think we're too dumb to accept a multicultural nation that has people that look different in it. Because where would we have ever encountered that before? And so each of the four nations is depicted fairly consistently, with the exception of Aang himself, to be one of the various archetypal, borderlining on racist ethnic groups that you would see a white supremacist talking about. Thus undercutting the narrative's multiculturalism Because we see heroes and villains on all sides of the conflict. We see good people and bad people on all sides of the conflict. And our heroes and villains are not limited to any visually distinct Earth ethnicity. And I keep saying it that way because it's important to remember this story does not take place on Earth. We get to see the world map in the credits of the show. It is not on Earth. It's not just Earth with magic. It's a different world. Things work differently there. And I don't understand why they had to bring race into it in such a way. And why they had to make all of the heroes white and all of the villains brown. Oh, M. Night Shyamalan. Why? But the best thing about the movie is that it's really easy to divorce it from the original series because they didn't actually import the characters. 
You see, they didn't see the TV series as canon. So in the TV series, we meet Aang, Sokka, and Katara. In the movies, we meet Ong, Sokka, and Katara. I guess they couldn't find a weird way to pronounce Katara. See, as part of this hyper-racializing that they try to do with the story in the process of making it into a film, we could no longer call Aang Aang. Because Aang might more properly be pronounced Ong if it was part of a non-fictional universe, and we tried to relate it to names that actually exist. It's kind of like how Uncle Iroh becomes Uncle Iro. And so for the vast majority of the characters that we encounter in this story, their names are pronounced so differently. Well, the fact that they are also played as completely different characters from who they are in the original material doesn't matter. We're able to just sit back and go, okay, this is completely different. Not better. Oh, so much worse. And let's drain all the life out of it. So if you remember that movie, just don't. <laughs> just don't. That movie, we're going to put that on the shelf next to Highlander 2. You know, the shelf that said this never happened. Okay? Because it's not just a bad adaptation. It didn't really adapt the story at all. The characters are different. The story is different. The actual way Ong wins at the end of the movie is diametrically opposed to the way Aang wins at the end of book one. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a problem. So what is Avatar The Last Airbender? You see, this is a story that takes place in a world separate from ours, where magic is commonplace. And magic is very simple in this world. There are not wizards and witches and all of that thing. So far as humans go, there are four kinds of magic, and each is called bending. In fact, Katara very quickly lectures her brother Sokka in the first episode that she's not doing magic. She's water bending. She's a member of the water tribe. She has inherited the innate ability to manipulate water through a series of actions akin to martial arts moves. There are airbenders who can manipulate air. There are firebenders who can manipulate fire. There are earthbenders who can manipulate earth. And that's it. You're born with the innate ability to do one of these or none of these. And that's the magic in the world. So in the Earth Kingdom, you have earthbenders. In the Fire Kingdom, you have firebenders. In the Water Tribes, you have waterbenders. And amongst the Air Nomads, you have airbenders. Okay? Very simple. The only exception to this is the Avatar. The Avatar is born into every generation through this, a cycle of reincarnation. So, when an Air Nomad dies, the... the Avatar will be reborn in the Water Nation, I'm sorry, in the Water Tribes, then in the Earth Kingdom, and then in the Fire Nation, and then back in the Air King, in the, amongst the Air Nomads again. That's the cycle. 
So when Sozin declares his war, this is the state of things. We have a firebender at the very beginning, but our story picks up a hundred years after the war. A hundred years. The war has been raging for a hundred years and isn't finished. The Fire Nation has conquered a lot, but it hasn't conquered the nor fully conquered the Northern Water Tribe or the Southern Water Tribe, and there are only a few places in the Earth Kingdom that are holding out. It's been a slow slog of a war that's just been eating the planet. We're introduced to the Avatar in the first episode, which I will, um, Avatar Aang was 11 years old when he somehow, and at the very beginning, we don't know how, but somehow became encased in ice and frozen in the South Pole. And in the first episode, Katara and Sokka find him. He is the last airbender. He is the avatar. He is the only one who can manipulate air, fire, water, and earth. And the story that we are going to follow over the next several episodes as we go through, and I don't know how many, but I'm not going to do it like every episode because I don't want this to become an Avatar podcast. So once a week, we're going to pick this topic up and continue talking about it. Because like I said, there's so much to talk about here. And I'm not going to necessarily do an episode by episode breakdown. Though if you guys want that, do let me know and I can, I'll think about doing that. But Kind of going to hit some of the bigger points here. So when they wake up, Aang, he was frozen before the war started. He doesn't know that there's a war. He doesn't know what happened. And he's a kid. And this is one of the things that makes this series amazing. Is that he, Avatar Aang, is from the time before the war. Sokka and Katara are fairly serious characters I mean, Sokka tells his jokes and he crumbles a lot, but they're fairly serious characters because they have never known life without the threat of the Fire Nation. They have never known a world in which they were safe. Does that sound familiar? Okay. They've never known a world where danger isn't lurking out there and the Fire Nation could come for them at any time. Aang doesn't know that world at all. You see... Before Aang was frozen, he had friends in the Fire Nation. He had friends in the Earth Kingdom. He had friends in the Water Tribe. He had friends all over the world. He doesn't understand that the world has changed. And they actually write him like a child. I mean, he's yes, he's silly, he's goofy, but he plays like a child would play, especially a child with near godlike powers. And best of all, a child who doesn't know how to use his powers. So when we meet him, he's just an airbender. He has mastered airbending. He has his airbending tattoos that show him to be a master. He doesn't know how to waterbend, firebend, or earthbend yet. And that's actually going to be one of the consuming plots over the next several books. Aang is the only one that can save the world. Katara says this the first time she meets him, 
And she says this in the opening credits to every episode of the series. Aang is the only one who can save the world. Aang is a 10-year-old boy. And like the Harry Potter books, not the movies, the movies don't do such a good job with this, but the books do, putting that on a child has effects on them. And so we see Aang as he grows and as he matures over the course of the story and has to grapple with the fact that he's a kid and he wants to play, but he's important spiritually and politically. And honestly, he's the only one that has the power to stand up to the Fire Nation. That's a lot to put on a child. And one of the best things about this series is it doesn't shy away from that. We see Aang have to deal with all of these emotions that something like that would have throughout the series. It doesn't shy away from its darkness, but it does not wallow in it. He's a child. He still finds excuses to laugh. He still finds excuses to play. Because even in that play, he's practicing the skills that he'll need to win in the end. This is maybe not the best introductory episode to Avatar The Last Airbender, but I don't want to say too much. Not yet. Like, I really, there's so much I want to talk about with Zuko and Aang and Katara and Jet and all oh, so many characters. But I want to give you all a chance to check it out before we get started if you haven't, okay? So next week, probably on Tuesday, we will continue our discussion with a much deeper dive into Aang and his character. The episodes are short. They're half-hour episodes, I think 22 minutes once you take the, the um, commercials out. I know it's available to buy on all the services. It used to be up on Amazon Prime. I'm going to pause this recording and see if it's still there. It does not look like it is currently free to watch anywhere. It is apparently on the Nickelodeon app, which I do not have installed. And I'm assuming that's one of those apps that you sign in with your television provider and it lets you watch it that way so maybe technically free over there but it's definitely a show that you will watch more than one if you're anything like me it is a show that you will watch more than once you will watch all the time i bought it when it was on crazy sale on at amazon and that's how i got it on dvd <laughs> originally and not that long ago i rebought it digitally just so i could just marathon it easier while I was doing other things, I could have it on the back in the background. I'm currently looking in iTunes because that's easiest for me to look. It looks like it's about thirty a season, or the complete series for sixty bucks, and it's definitely worth a lot more than that. I've spent a lot more than that on it, honestly. But if you if you haven't checked it out, I do advise you to watch it because. Once we actually do start talking about the series, I, I will warn about spoilers, but I will not be shy about them. So if spoilers are something that upsets you, definitely check it out and watch it as quickly as you possibly can because it is so good. 
and it changes over time. And that's one of the things that makes the series so powerful is, like I said, Aang starts off very young and very childlike. And even by the end of the first season, there are only three seasons of the show. There's water, earth, and fire. There's three books of the, first, of the original series. By the end of the first season, he has grown a lot because he starts to see the effects of the Hundred Years' War that the Fire Nation has brought on the planet. So if Aang is a little too much in his effervescence in the first couple episodes, no spoilers, but that that he, he always keeps his playful heart, so don't think that he's going to become a person who is sullen and somber and can't laugh anymore. I mean, he gets close to that at one point in the series, but he, he always comes back to himself. So definitely check it out if you can before we watch this. It is uh, before we uh, go through and do our deep dives. And if you're not afraid of spoilers and you're still not sure if it's a show that you want to watch, well, you're going to be getting 30 minute episodes on various topics from the series that will hopefully sell you on its amazingness because uh, I, I cannot say enough good things about this show. I just can't. <laughs> it gets all the good things, all the good things. So thanks to my inability to differentiate between two series that unfortunately have the same name and confusing my beloved Flapton. Um, yeah, so uh, you were right. Avatar, the Blue Kitty People movie, was about exactly what you thought it was. And uh, Avatar, the Last Airbender, is something very different. And one of the greatest loves of my life. And so we're going to be talking about that now. And since I had been struggling to find what series I wanted to do a deep dive in... Thank you so much for helping me choose and helping me choose this because I felt guilty picking this because I feel like it's kind of a hot topic because everybody's been, well, not everybody, but a lot of the YouTubers that I follow have been talking about it and I've seen it brought up on quite a few podcasts lately and I know I kind of stacked the deck <laughs> to get it chosen, but now I get to talk about it and not feel guilty and I'm very excited about that. So yay. So every Tuesday will be Avatar Day for the foreseeable future. So if you have any questions or topics about the Avatar series, if you've ever actually watched it, the Avatar of the Last Airbender series, and you want me to talk about them on the show, head over to anchor.fm and download the app. And in there, you'll be able to leave me a one minute message to pose your question or state your, whatever your thought is. And if it's good, I'll use it in the show like you heard earlier, and it will spur more conversation and that's why i love anchor i do i really really do the other thing that's nice about them if you can support this show and you want to keep it going you can either in whatever you're listening to me on in the show notes in your podcatcher you'll see a support on anchor link that will take you over there you can support for 99 well i'm just i'm sorry i'm rounding up $1, $5, or $5 a month, $1, $5, or $10 a month, that helps me a lot, and helps me know that you're supporting the podcast, and you want the podcast to continue. 
You can also find me at C.E. Dorset over at Patreon. You can find links to that at projectshadow.com. Over there, that supports everything that I do, including my fiction. And if you're already supporting me over there, thank you. The few, the proud, the Patreon supporters. Um, it really does help, especially since I'm trying to build my own world and I want to be doing these podcasts and I'm dedicating myself to a lot of things. Plus, you know, we own and operate a restaurant and all that. Yeah. Plus, you know, keeping my mind going. So yeah, thank you for everything and I'll see you next time. And until we talk again, have the fun.